Sometimes being with the right people causes a chain of events in your life that just changes things. I think that it's interesting when you go back through the Bible and you see how when different people were hooked up, everything began to change. Well, I think that's what he's doing now. In fact, I'm convinced of it. And so is my guest, Michael Fram. Prophet Michael Fram has been saying that there is such a connection right now that's happening in the body of Christ that God is connecting people with like-minded people. And he says that once this happens, it's going to be something that the church has never seen before. So welcome so much to Touch by Prayer, Michael. We love you here. And we're so grateful that you could come in and share this because you and I have been talking about it. And I, I just think it's really cool what uh, God has been putting on your heart. Absolutely. Lisa, it's great to be back with you again. And these are absolutely phenomenal days right now to watch what God is doing and I constantly am telling people right now to look back over their life over the last two, three, four, and five years and look how their circle of people that they are close to has changed because God is all about alignment. He's all about bringing people together that need to be together. And it's amazing to see what he does, how people that don't even know each other aren't even in the same circles, but yet he has a way of connecting people that need to be connected. And I think that almost anybody that's been around for a while can look and see and say, wow, this person is now very, very close to me. They've become a close, intimate friend of mine. Maybe even through social media, didn't even meet them in natural, may have met them through social media, but somebody paved the way. They became a friend of a friend. But when the connection was made, it, it was like T.G. Jakes a lot of times says, your baby leaps. Something happens in your spirit when you make connection with these people and you just know this is a kingdom connection. This is a divine connection. This is not happenstance. And then as you look back and, and you see these things, I call it playing spiritual connect the dots. You know, when, when you're a kid, you have the coloring book. And you're going through the coloring book and all of a sudden you come to that one page where there's nothing but dots there and they look like absolutely nothing but dots. But as you begin to connect those dots, those dots begin to take on a form and they begin to become a picture. And you begin to realize that there's something actually there that you could not see when you were just looking at a bunch of dots. And that's what God is doing right now he, he's causing all these what are seemingly isolated incidents, but they're not isolated incidents at all. And they're just connections. And one just leads to another. And you find that people that you were close to, you're no longer close to. And those that you didn't even know, you're now close to. But in that process, you seem to have gone up several levels spiritually 
as if you're going up a spiritual ladder. And with each new kingdom connection, you seem to be going up levels where you're higher than you were before and before that connection came into your life. And only God can do that. And he's orchestrating it. We just don't always see it. And sometimes it's good to take inventory and take stock and look back and see what he's been doing. Well, it's interesting that <clears throat> that you said something about connecting the dots because the Lord showed me the whole connecting the dots thing. And he actually said to me, he's, when he showed me the dots, the connect the dots, it was actually a picture of him. Mm. So that, so for you to say about the connecting the dots, I thought, whoa, that is, that's such a, um, a great imagery because if we are the hands and the feet of Jesus and he's connecting us, then he's just forming himself. So, oh, I like that. Isn't that cool? I like that. See, oh, there's revelation on the show. <laughs> but, um, but what, what you just said about the, the people, I mean, I go back to when I first met you. And what was interesting is that you just commented because of somebody that I had on the show that yeah. we, that we didn't even, I mean, I didn't even know you, but yet now, like we talk, we talk. And in, in fact, what's, what's so fun is because of our conversation, that's why you're here. Because I think this is such a, a now word that the body needs to hear because there are, it, it's so hard to explain but the, the people that we are like meeting or connecting, even it could be in church, it, it could be through social media, as you said, but it can also be in a grocery store. But something inside of you just like snaps yes. and you say, oh my goodness, we need to hang out. We, we're going to become friends. And it's almost, I've said that not to scare people, but I have said that, that you and I are going to become very good friends because there's something in my spirit that says, this is a part of who you're going to be hanging with. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's an interesting. So let me ask you a question. So when did the Lord start to kind of give you this, this, because he's doing some new stuff, like the, the body can definitely see that, that he's moving in a very different way. Absolutely. I began to see this probably about four years ago that this was going to be coming. I saw it as something that was on the horizon. And the way that God showed it to me was that in the church, there is basically going to be two groups of people in the church. There's going to be one group of people that, for lack of a better term, I will call them status quo Christians. Status quo Christians are those that really don't want any more than what they currently have. They are content. They're content to realize that my sins are forgiven. They're content to realize that I don't have to go to hell. They're content to realize that I'm going to go to heaven. They're content to maybe go to church once a week. They're content to read their Bible and pray occasionally, but they really don't want anything more from God than that. They really don't want God invading their life. They don't want God messing up their lifestyle. They don't want God prompting them to grow or move into new things or to accept new things or to expand or, or move into deeper things of God. They're just happy where they're at. 
their status quo. And there's a segment of the church that's just like that. But then there's another group of people that are in the church, and those are the people that are not satisfied with the status quo. Some people call them remnant Christians. Pastor friend of mine, Barry Habib, says that there's the remnant of the remnant. I like that even better. And these are the people that aren't happy with just going through the motions of Christianity. They're people that aren't happy with just the same old, same old. They're people that believe that everything that happened in the book of Acts is supposed to happen in our day only at an escalated and an advanced rate. There are people that believe when the prophet said, the glory of the latter house is going to be greater than that of the former house. Therefore, what we're going to experience will be greater than the book of Acts. There's people that believe that. And there's people that are willing to pay the price to lay it all on the altar and do whatever it takes to cause that to become a reality. There's people that believe that in the last days, God would pour forth his spirit upon all flesh, but there would come a time in the last days where it wouldn't just be a latter rain that was more intense than the early rain of the book of Acts but they actually believe what the prophet said, that you would see the early and the latter coming at the same time, the same season, or the same month. And those people are of a different caliber. They're of a different breed. And what's happening is you could have one from one circle and one from the other circle are close together, and they're friends, Mm -hmm. and they're united But as time goes on, as the church progresses and we get closer to the fulfillment of the full manifestation of the restoration of all things that Acts 3.19 speaks of, there begins to become a splitting of the ways. Mm. And, And you're seeing this divide coming in the church. And you'll see it with friends. You'll see it even sometimes within churches where there'll be one group of folks in the church that'll be perfectly content to just stay and not make waves. And there'll be another group in the church that is just not satisfied. They've got what I call divine dissatisfaction. Mm -hmm. And they want more. And they want more. And because of that, this split is coming. And those that maybe at one time were close, you find yourself not being close anymore. And it's not because you don't love the people, and it's not because the people don't love you. It's simply because you're going in different directions. And God is causing like to find like. And he's causing people that have the same mindset and the same vision, and the same heart, and the same desire to find each other. Well, he kind of did that after he, you know, was resurrected. 
he told the apostles to go back to Jerusalem to wait for the Holy Spirit. And they were all gathered in one accord and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they start speaking in tongues and they start prophesying. And, and, and then what they did is they went out, they spoke and those who believed and those who were like-minded then followed them. So, and what happened is those people started to see God move and they saw angels because that was, you know, Paul, no, Peter was in jail and he saw angels. So there's angelic activity mm-hmm. that, that happened. There were great healings because there was the man who was, um, who was uh, begging for, uh, he was blind, right? And he was begging for money. And they, he, they said, we have no money, but what we can give you. And then they brought him back to the Pharisees and they said that was this man and he was healed. So there was great healings. There were miracles. There were signs and wonders. So those were the things that happened with the like-minded. Well, the amazing thing about what you just said is when Jesus told them, to tarry in Jerusalem to wait for the promise of the Father, the people that he addressed were over 500 in number. But all that was in the upper room in Acts chapter 2 was 120. Mm. What happened to the rest? They weren't like-minded. They weren't like-minded. Yeah. So even as early as New Testament days, there were people that wanted more excuse me, that would obey God and those that were satisfied with status quo and would not. Well, you know, what's really interesting is when Jesus would go and do certain things, he only would take Peter, John, and James, Mm -hmm. just those three. Now there were 12 disciples, right? Mm -hmm. But he only took those three because they were of like mind. Mm -hmm. They were ready for the more. They weren't happy with the status quo. And I feel like, you know, there, there are times that, that we have to, you know, really reach and, and, and sit deep in the presence of God and just like reach into our minds and just really say, okay, Lord, what is it that you want for me? And it really comes down to the Lord saying, what do you want from me? Because see, God wants to give us everything that we want. But if we're, like you said, happy with it, then we're not going to see anything. Absolutely right. And so, you know, sometimes we're like, oh, Lord, well, what do you want from me? No, no, no. The question really needs to be, what do we want from God? You know, it's interesting about what you just said, how the Lord took Peter, James, and John. The interesting thing is that Jesus understood circles of people and circles of influence, and he didn't treat everybody the same. There was the multitude that came because he could take the fish and the loaves and expand it. I heard one preacher say one time, they were the ones that came for the fish sandwiches. (laughs) You know, he fed Uh them. Mm -hmm. There was the multitude. But then Jesus commissioned 70. He treated those 70 that he commissioned and gave them authority and sent out He treated those 70 differently than he treated the multitudes, and he talked to them differently. But then there was the 12, and he treated the 12 different than he did the 70. But out of the 12, as you brought out, there were the three. And he took Peter, James, and John when he went in to raise that child from the dead. They were the only ones that went in. 
When he went up to the Mount of Transfiguration, it was only Peter, James, and John. So they were at a different level than the rest of the 12, who were at a different level than the 70, who was at a different level from the multitude. And then out of the three, there was one. Mm. There was John. That's right. And he was the one who laid his head on Jesus' chest. And that was the disciple whom Jesus loved, according to John. Correct. <laughs> but, but see, there was something in John that, that understood that. He got the connection. See, that's the other thing, too. Like, I believe that this, this, this move that God is doing, I call it the love connection. Because it's really about the father showing his love. I mean, if you listen to Christian radio, the latest song is you're a good, good father. Okay. It's who you are. It's who you are. And there's such, there's something and and we're loved by you and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. And there's such, there's, there's such a power in that song because it's the same verses over and over and over. It's the same verses, but there's something that happens when you hear that song is it starts to break down the lies. It starts to break down the falsehoods. It starts to break down the reserve. It starts to, and it starts to seep in and it starts to change. And next thing you know, you're singing along. It's who I am. It's who I am because I'm loved by by him. And I think that this love thing, this love walk that God is, is taking some people on, it's, it's so contagious that, that the, actually the, the tribe or the groups are going to get bigger, you know, as they start to get it because mm-hmm. God doesn't want anybody left out, but he's also a respecter of your choices. And if you don't want in, he's not going to force you to join. Exactly right. You know, the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. That's true. But he is a respecter of faith and hunger. Those are the two things that move him. And when you have people that are hungry, that find each other, and it's funny that you mentioned the word tribe. Mm -hmm. There's a uh, apostle that's quite popular on Facebook right now. His name is Ryan Lestrange. Yes, I I love his stuff. In fact, I want to get in touch with him. So if you're listening, Ryan, we're going to be talking soon. (laughs) But quite often, if you read his posts on Facebook, at the end of his post, he puts, you know, one of those hashtags Mm. and it says, know your tribe, Mm. know your tribe. And I think that's exactly what God's doing right now. He's causing us to know our tribe. There, there are people that when you meet, you just know. I was talking on the phone one night last week with a dear brother in the Lord who I've only known for about a year. And we met last year at a statewide prayer rally in Trenton. Now, I live in Sayreville, which is Middlesex County, and he's way up in Englewood, up by the George Washington Bridge. My drive down to Trenton is about 45, 50 minutes. His drive down to Trenton from where he is is almost two hours, about an hour and 45 to two hours. And we were there the same day. It was an outdoor prayer rally. And I was one of the speakers and led one of the segments. And he was one of the speakers and led one of the segments. He heard me speak and he was immediately drawn to me. 
I heard him speak, and I was immediately drawn to him. There was just an inner connection. I looked him up on Facebook like the next day. I found him. You stalked him. I did. (laughs) I did. Yay! Somebody else is a spiritual stalker. (laughs) And Bishop Warren, if you're listening, I looked for you, my brother. Mm -hmm. And so I found him. I sent him a friend request. He immediately responded and friended me. And we did a we did one of our prophetic Holy Ghost meetings in his church. We took some of our folks in, and you know me, I went in and I preached and tore the place up and lined them up and mowed them down and had them laid out all over the floor. Mm-hmm. And I was just back up to visit with him about three four weeks ago. He was having a birthday celebration, and I went to go and uh, support him and and be with him for his birthday celebration. And we're just connected. We just connect, and it's only been less than a year. And he tells his people, he says, God connected us. I didn't know him. He didn't know me. But a mutual friend held this rally and invited both of us to be there. And when we connected, we just knew. It was something inside of us that we just knew this was a God connection. And God does that. We don't know how. We don't know who he's going to use. I constantly tell people now, look to be a bridge builder. Look to be a a bridge builder and connect people that don't know each other. My my other brother, I have a lot of black brothers. That's okay. I have a lot of black children, so. (laughs) It's it's funny. You know, I I was watching a uh, video on my iPad the other day, Mm -hmm. and somebody said, what are you watching? And I said, my brother. Mm -hmm. And this is my my brother, Dr. Everett Kelly, from down in Ewing. And I call him the spirit-filled B.B. King because the dude can just play. Mm -hmm. He can just play. Mm -hmm. And I was watching one of his videos on on, on Facebook that's posted on Facebook. And people said, your brother? How's that your brother? Mm -hmm. I said, oh, he's my brother. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't know him. And he didn't know me till about two years ago. And we were at a banquet together. And one of my little sisters, one of many, one of my little sisters connected us. And it was an immediate connection. God's doing that right now. And it's for his purpose. And the thing about God's connections is when God brings a new connection into your life, it's because he wants to take you into a new season in your life or a new dimension in your life. And he's going to use that new connection to be a catalyst to spring you into the new thing that God has for you. So be looking for those connections and always look to be the bridge builder to connect the people that need to be connected that don't know each other. And that, I, I think that's one of the things about Touch by Prayer. I really believe that Touch by Prayer has been a great bridge builder because I, I, I've connected lots of different people because of Touch by Prayer. Different people have heard different people on Touch by Prayer and have like connected with them. So, but, but there's such an importance. See, the, the Lord once said to me, he said that everybody has a purpose. Everybody has a mission. What you're supposed to do, nobody else can do because I've given it to you. And what somebody else is supposed to do, they're supposed to do, and you can't do it. So once he kind of like broke that down for me, it was like, then wouldn't you want to help somebody to get to their next place? Because they in turn will help to get you into your place. And I felt like 
that's why I think that one of the things about getting people connected is you don't know where that's going to go. You just have no idea. And, and, and it's also something inside of you. I need to meet, you need to meet this person. This person needs to be with you. Like when you start to get people together, then God starts using you on a regular basis to get people together. Because I feel like that's, especially now, there is such a division, I believe, in the church right now with do do we need to... Do we need to have more worship? Do we need to have more prayer time? Do we need to speak less, speak more? Like there's there's so much division, but what it really comes down to, those are there are some people who just want the more of God and they're trying to figure out how to get to the more of God. And there are some people who are are seeing the more of God. So why not connect? with those people because, you know, th- what's the expression, you know, if you lay down with uh, dogs, you're going to get fleas. Well, you know, it's inevitable who you hang out with, you're going to catch, you're going to catch whatever they're doing. So, you know, you have to be careful if the person or the people that you're hanging with are, they're not filling you. That might be a time for you to think, Ooh, might be time for me to look for a different tribe. Because I think there's also seasons that you go to. Just like school, you go to school, you go through kindergarten. You don't stay in kindergarten. You move to first grade. But there are some people who need to stay in kindergarten. <laughs> Until they're ready to graduate. Until they're gra- Yeah, that's really what it comes down to. But then there are some people who they, they go from kindergarten, they, they start first grade, but then the teacher goes, wait, you're really smart. Let me move you into second grade. And so they can skip a grade. That's happened in the natural. Well, that also can happen in the supernatural. Absolutely. So I think that this whole move thing is also to get people who have been behind caught back up, kind of like tutors. Mm-hmm. You know, well, that's all part of the whole emphasis that God is bringing into the church right now about some people call it mentoring. Mm. Some people call it fathering or mothering where you have spiritual parents, spiritual mothers, spiritual fathers, but it's raising up another generation. And I believe we talked about this a little bit the last time that I was here. Yep. And, and it's a major emphasis. I mean, the Apostle Paul obviously was a spiritual father. And Timothy was obviously his spiritual son. And in one place, the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said to him, Timothy, commit these things to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And so you have something that went from Paul to Timothy and from Timothy to faithful men. So Timothy was carrying on what Paul had done with him. And we know that Jesus had his sons, namely Peter, James, and John. Right. And then if you study church history, you'll realize that Polycarp was a disciple and son to the apostle John. And he became that next generation there. When you look at, you know, under the old covenant, it was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was three generations. In one place in the book of Acts, where Stephen was giving his defense, it says that God gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision. And then on the eighth day, Abraham circumcised Isaac, and then Isaac in turn Jacob, and then Jacob, the 12 patriarchs. So then you actually see four generations. It's always multi-generational. It's, it's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then 12 patriarchs. So it continues the pattern 
always is repeating. And what happens is I believe right now is a very key moment in church history because I call it the Isaac and Timothy generation. Timothy and Isaac were both sons. Isaac was a son to Abraham. Timothy was a son to Paul. But yet, Isaac became the father of Jacob. And Timothy became the father of teaching others, faithful men, who could carry it out and do the same thing. And so there's that generation right now that's manifesting in the earth that are both sons and fathers at the same time. Mm. It's an Isaac-Timothy generation. Joshua was that way. Joshua was Moses' son, but then Joshua raised up others. Elijah had Elisha, but Elisha raised up others. And so we see that all through the Bible, there's that middle generation. And there is a whole bunch. I had a really good conversation on the phone, maybe about a month, month and a half ago with a mutual friend of ours. And we were talking about this exact thing about this middle generation, because God is raising up this middle generation where the things that have been imparted to us, we're now taking and we are imparting to others. And what's happening is God is connecting these people that have this vision that have this mindset that it's not about you're serving me. It's about my job is to equip you and enable you to do what I've been able to do, but to exceed what I've been able to do. Every parent in the natural wants their kids to do better than they do. And the greatest statement I've ever heard about a father, even spiritual father, was this, son, my ceiling is your floor. Where I end is where you start. And there's a generation that God is raising up right now. And these people that have this mindset, not only that they want more of God, not only do they want to walk in the supernatural, not only do they want to see the manifestation of all of the gifts of the spirit in full manifestation, not only do they want to have the fulfillment of the scripture that says, I has not seen and ear has not heard and neither has entered into the heart of man, the things, plural, that God has, past tense, prepared for them that love him. Not only do they want to see that, but they want to see their sons and their daughters rise up in the same thing, and they want to take them and bring them up. And you're finding that these fathers and mothers are connecting, and they're finding each other, and they're understanding that together we can make an impact on the next generation and cause that generation to come up and walk in the things that we are hungering and thirsting after that we want them as bad as a junkie wants his next 
fixed. As bad as the guy in the desert wants a drop of water, we want what God wants. And I remember one day I was praying and God said to this to me, he said, my people pray and they say, God, we want what you want. But the truth is they don't. And it stopped me. And I said, what? And he said, they say, we want what you want, but they don't. Because if they wanted what I want, they would act different than they act. They would do different than they do. They don't want what I want. They only want it because they see it as a grandiose thing or as a way to put them on a platform and cause people to recognize them. But the people that really want it don't care if they get the recognition. Their whole desire is God meet the needs of your people and I don't care what tool in your toolbox you use to accomplish that purpose and accomplish that task. And don't ask me why I'm preaching. <laughs> I was like, woo, he got his preaching shoes on. You know, um, I'm going to say a couple of things. Number one, <laughs> the, the first thing is going back to the tribe. The reason that I love that tribe mentality is that everybody in the tribe knows the responsibility. They all have a responsibility. And that's what they, that's why they're called a tribe because they all know what they're supposed to do when they're supposed to do it. And they all do it so that the tribe can thrive. Okay. So I think that's part of the reason of instead of churches, which have their own ideology, you know, a tribe thinks about what's best for the tribe and what's best for the tribe is if you're beating with the heart of Jesus, it's what's best for Jesus. So, and now to, to answer what you were saying and, and, and preaching on it's, it's such a great message because I, I think sometimes we get so wrapped up and what we think, well, what would God do? What would you, you know, they had the, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? But we're still thinking with our own minds instead of saying, Jesus, what should I do? <laughs> because Jesus might not tell you to do what you just did. Jesus might tell you, don't you dare condemn that person. Don't you dare talk down to that person. You don't know where that person has been. You don't know where that person has walked. You don't know how much stuff that person is carrying. Don't you dare try to, to throw it into that person's face. But see, we're thinking, well, what Jesus would do, well, Jesus would go and tell them that this is the right thing to do and you need to repent. And you see, that's the difference. See, if, if we're always trying, if we're trying to be about our agenda, we can't be about God's agenda. Uh-uh. That's, that's the proof. It, and so when, when you start to see people have breakthrough quickly and, and, and complete and, and it stays, well, that means that Jesus was in that. That means that what you did, you did, and you brought some, something to that party. You brought Jesus. Because I think sometimes we, we get all dressed up, we're getting ready to go and do some stuff, and we forget, oh, shoot, I forgot to bring Jesus, <laughs> you know? And so I think that this season, I think that this season, you're going to start to see Jesus moving in people in such a different way that they're not going to even understand it. I think you're absolutely right. I, you know, the other night I was preaching at a church down in the Trenton area, and their, their topic, their theme was entering the new. 
And of course, God took me to Isaiah chapter 42 and verse 9. And he took me to Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. And it's about forgetting the past and forging into that which is new. And I'm always amazed that the Bible is very clear. God says, I'm going to do a new thing. Mm-hmm. If God's willing to do a new thing, how come we're not? Well, I think that we get scared. I think we just get really scared because this new thing that God wants to do is new. <laughs> Key word, new. How how do you sit there? How do you judge it? How do you say, well, okay, is this good? Is this God? Oh, wait, maybe this isn't. Maybe this, like we sit there and we rationalize it. But if it's truly coming from God, there should be peace when Absolutely. it's happening. You should have that. There should be no fear. It should be complete and total peace. There should be complete and total understanding. And it also should be received. If somebody isn't receiving something, that means that there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. You can't push something on somebody. It's like when there's a move of God and there are people who are laying hands on people and the person is trying to push them down, guess what? They're operating out of their flesh. They're not operating out of the Holy Spirit. Sorry to say. No, you're absolutely right. You know, and, I, and I, I've seen this, that people want to be used and they want to be this holy vessel, but, but they're so about them that there isn't room enough for Jesus because it's all about them. And I think that this is the, in this particular move that God is doing, this is going to just shake people and say, oh my goodness, he showed up. I don't have to worry. I don't have to do anything. And, and sometimes it's, it's going to look so different, but it's going to be so complete. It's going to just be so complete. And you're going to just marvel and say, wow. And I didn't even have to break a sweat to do it because Jesus showed up. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, doing things with God mm. should be almost like it was second nature. Yes, I agree. Some people use the term that it's naturally supernatural. Sid Roth uses that. Does he? <laughs> yes, he does. Okay. I didn't know that he did. Oh, you didn't know that? Oh, that's I did so not. funny. Okay. Yeah, naturally supernatural. It's, mm-hmm. it's almost like it's second nature. Mm-hmm. It's, it's easy. To mm-hmm. do. Yes. Because you're just flowing with him. Yes. And Jesus put it this way. I do nothing of myself. Mm-hmm. Whatever I see my father do, that's what I do. Right. And then the father said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Why was he well pleased? Because he always did what he saw the father do. Whatever I hear my father say, my words are not my own. I come with the message of him that sent me. And now we do exactly the same thing. We say what Jesus says. We do what Jesus does. We do what the Holy Spirit shows us. We were talking before, just visiting when I first arrived here today, and we were talking about how sometimes we see ourselves doing things that maybe we've never done before. But we keep seeing it realizing that this is what God wants us to do. Correct. And even though we've never done it, we keep seeing it. We follow after the peace that you talked about. I mean, there's a witness of the Holy Spirit in our spirit. You know, we we know inside of us, the same way we know that we're born again, we know when it's God and when it's not. We just look inside. 
We look inside our innards. We look in our spirit, man. And when we've got peace, even though it doesn't make sense, even though maybe we've never done it, but we keep seeing it and God keeps showing it and there's peace about it and we obey him and we do it. It's amazing what happens when we do that. And it's not us. It's him. Mm. And I think one of the reasons that God likes to do something new is because if he does something old and it's something that we've already done, we can take credit for it because we've already done it. And we could say, oh, that's just me. I know how to do that. But when we ain't never done it before and we don't know how to do it and we're flying blind by the seat of our pants following the anointing and the presence of God and the Holy Ghost, we can't take any credit because we don't know how to do it anyway. Well, I also think that's the importance of getting people together. Some people have. And I think one of the things, we had a conversation that um, you were saying that there's such a new move of God that there are going to be people who are going to experience it. So they can say that this is what that is. Correct. Because there there has to be like that that witness. There has to be that witness to to the moves of God. Because, you know, like... There, there, you know, I, I actually saw a picture of somebody who was preaching and it's an old, old picture, probably from like the 1800s, maybe early 1900s, maybe it's the 1900s. He's levitating. He, did you ever see that picture? Mm -mm. There is a picture of some man, he's at some church and he has the Bible and he is levitating. Now I'm sure that the church was taken aback by that. Like what the heck? There's also a woman who froze. Maria, a, Maria Woodworth that her went into a trance and froze. Right. And they were sticking her with needles and they were trying to figure out what was this? What was this? But now if somebody does that, they go, well, this is what that is. Because mm -hmm. this has happened and this has been proven that this was a move of God. So I, I think that this next move is going to start to clarify that daddy's doing some new stuff. And I'm just hearing, I'm just hearing in my head, daddy's got a brand new bag. And so that's, that's, that's the, that's the gist of what he's doing because he has in his bag, a bunch of new stuff that's never been unleashed, but it's going to be different because I think like you were just saying, people are doing the same old, same old. And one of the things that, uh, and, and I'm, this is not to discredit anybody or to condemn anybody, but one of the things that I don't like about deliverance is the shouting. I don't like the shouting. I don't like the manifestations of demons. Because I've, I've seen videos of it. I've seen people doing it. I don't like it. And I feel like it's bad enough people have stuff. Like now you have to like bring it out and make it like, you know, act out in front of you. And I just feel like God just, like Jesus they didn't manifest in front of Jesus. He just said, get out. And they did. Yeah. At one point, in fact, Jesus said, hold your peace mm -hmm. and get out. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's been many times where I've dealt with demons and I just said, I forbid you to speak. Yeah. You know, I don't want to hear what you got to say. Nope. You know, just shut up and come out. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. But I also think that like what, what I've been seeing is about that, you know, you know, everybody knows the verse, love conquers all. Well, God is love and he can conquer anything. And I think that this new move of, which I actually put in, in for 2016, that 2016 is a year of love. And I feel like God is just going to love away some of the hurt 
that people have gone through. And it's going to, it's going to completely heal them and set them free just by loving on them. And I, I think like you did, you know, the, the whole message about doing something new, you know, hugging somebody, loving somebody, um, speaking life back into somebody, singing a song over somebody, you know, those are new things, but you know, think about it. Sometimes you have to treat a child differently at different times in their life. And I think that this time of their life, it's, it's not so much about harsh and strict, but it's about gentle and loving. There's, there's, different moves there's different manifestations there's different ways and there's also the wiring of the individual there are people that are wired a certain way like if the whole body of christ was wired like me (laughs) exactly (laughs) okay Now, now you know me well yes and you know how i'm wired yes and i'm given to being very emotional Mm-hmm. Very boisterous, mm-hmm. very dogmatic, mm-hmm. very straightforward. Mm-hmm. But if everybody was like that, mm. boy, that'd be really bad. Right. Does that mean that everybody's got to be crazy like Mike? Oh, God, I hope not. Right. But but then again, you know, some pe- there are times that, you know, you do, you do need to tell people certain things and you have to be tough and you do need to give tough love. But I, I just feel like this, this, you know, God made us individual and he's going to use our individuality. Absolutely right. To, and, and I think that's the other thing too, um, about when, when you get connected with the right people, you don't have to explain you don't have, you don't have to go back through that. Well, you see, this is who I am and this is how I am. And they just accept it. There's just an inner witness that says, okay, this is normal for her or this is normal for him. You know, it's not like you don't have to go back through a whole litany of I was born. (laughs) You know what I mean? No. And, and there, when, when it's a God connection, Mm -hmm. you understand them. Mm. I don't know how you do. Yes. No, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree. You're just like, okay, this is how they're wired. Mm -hmm. They're different. And the amazing thing is that when God brings people together, Mm -hmm. you begin to get what I call cross pollination. That's good. Okay. And you know, the Bible says that iron sharpens iron. Yes. What happens is you begin to rub off on each other. Mm -hmm. I was in a relationship for about 10 years with a particular church and obviously I'm extremely dogmatic, Mm -hmm. very forceful, very bold. Sometimes I've been said that I was arrogant. I I personally can't see it. I don't see it. (laughs) I don't see it. But the gentleman that I was partnered with was very meek, very Mm -hmm. gentle, Mm -hmm. very loving. And through the 10 years that we were together, He rubbed off on me and I got softer Mm. and I rubbed off on him and he got a little tougher and he got a little bolder. Mm -hmm. I mean, he used to say something that would be kind of hard from the pulpit and then he would say, oh, I'm just kidding. And I said, no, don't apologize. Right. Say the hard thing and leave it there. Mm -hmm. God will heal their feet. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't soft pedal it and say, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm just kidding. Right. And so I made him tougher. And harder and more forceful, and he made me softer and more gentle. 
and we rubbed off on each other. And when God puts you in connection with people, that happens. You begin to take on some of each other's personality traits and some of their mannerisms and some of their likenesses. Mm -hmm. And it makes you a better person. And God knows what you're lacking and what you need to become more well-rounded for what's ahead of you. God always equips you before he places you in the next assignment. Mm. And so he's going to use your current season. He's going to use your current circle and your current relationships to help put things into you that you don't have to get you ready for the next season where you're going, because you're going to need something out of this season to use in that one. And when God brings those new relationships, it's because there's new impartations that need to be made. Now, I know when God connected me with two brothers in particular, one was about five years ago, one was about two years ago. They are both like big brothers to me. And the way God connected me to both of them is one of those things where you have to kind of connect the dots. One is in Philadelphia, is African-American, and I'm white and in New Jersey. Weren't even in the same circle. But God, through some roundabout ways, connected us. And when we connected, it was almost an instantaneous thing, and we both knew. Mm-hmm. We were drawn to each other. Now, there was a reason God connected me to him. Because there were things that I had walked in my whole life But theologically, I could not explain. I could not teach. But this man had the biblical revelation of it. Mm -hmm. And by my relationship with him, I was then able to see and how to take the pieces of the puzzle and put them together. And the things that I had walked in, I can now teach and I can explain where before I met him, I couldn't. So God brought him into my life to prepare me for that. And then about two years ago, I met my other big brother, who you're going to meet next month, Mm -hmm. from Houston, Texas. And he walks in some different levels of things. And again, when he and I connected, it was really strange. I was doing a internet it wasn't even internet. It was a teleconference call, you know, one of those free conference call things right. you dial in. Right. And I was teaching on this teleconference call, and somebody that I knew was having these conference calls, had me teaching on it, and advertised it on Facebook. And my big brother dialed in. He listened to me teach, didn't know who I was. He's in Houston, Texas. I'm in New Jersey. Didn't know each other. And he listened to me teach on this teleconference call, and he liked what he heard. He invited me to be part of his forum or his group on Facebook. And shortly after that, we connected and began to talk. We've been talking ever since. He brought me to the next level in some of the things that I'm developing into. Right. There was a reason. There was an assignment why God had to bring these two men into my life. And the reason was God was preparing me for my next assignment. And so he brought them. And so as you're going through this and God is changing your circle, 
You have to look and have to recognize, God, what are you doing with me? What are you showing me? What are you changing in me? What do I have to step into? What am I lacking? What do I need to be taking and getting out of this relationship? And if you can answer that, Mm. if you can answer that and let God show you what he has for you out of that relationship, we can do it. You can look at me and say, God, why did you bring this crazy bearded guy into my life? (laughs) What's the reason? Obviously, there's a reason. Absolutely. And so every relationship that we get, everybody that God connects us with, why did you connect me here? Mm. And if we let God show us why, it'll help us understand better what our purpose is and where we're going in our next assignment. And we'll receive what we're supposed to receive. You know, the children of Israel spent an awful lot of time in the wilderness going around and around and around and around and around when they could have went and been right there. Right. And many times we don't get what we're supposed to get out of a relationship. And we have to go around that mountain again and around that mountain again and around that mountain again. But if we will look and get from God what we're supposed to get out of that relationship, it'll cause us to jump levels, not a level, but levels in the spirit and take us to our next assignment. And it's all about being productive in the kingdom and what God calls us to do. Wow. You know, it's very interesting because um, I I just went to North Carolina and I got to meet some of the people who I have been connected through Facebook who have been on my show and we, we finally got to meet. And what was so interesting is when we all got to meet, something happened. There was a shift. There was something. We almost felt like we were in a bubble. We felt like we didn't want to leave each other after we actually departed. Everybody was kind of sad. They couldn't quite explain it. But there was something that happened. There was something that shifted. And there was an explosion that happened when we when we actually got together. There was something that was so contagious and so spontaneous and it was just like fire and you could actually feel it. And that, and that's what I think is happening. I think that's what's happening in this season and I believe that there are little fires that are starting and if you get into the right <laughs> circle, you're going to catch a flame and you're going to burn and you're going to burn brighter and you're going to burn longer than you ever have. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's all about the, the right alignment. Yes. It's all about the right relationships. Yes. It's all about those, my mom always calls them kingdom connections. I agree with that. And they make life simple. Yes, I agree. And it's, it's very strange. When you are talking to a kingdom connection, sometimes... You talk without talking. Yeah, because you just understand each other. You you just get it. You just do. And you're like, ah, oh, I totally, or, or, or even as they're talking, you're getting the revelation. And that's happened so many times, especially as somebody's saying something. I'm like, oh, oh, I get it. Now I get it. Now I understand it. Because there's something in your spirit that, that you've, you've almost like, I'm going to answer this question for you. And, I, and that's the other thing, too. I feel like some of these connections and these connectors, these are going to answer a lot of questions that some people have had. 
too. I believe that that's also something that God is working on. He's answering a lot of questions like, can I do this? Is this from you? (laughs) You know what I mean? Is this really, you know, how you want to do things? And I think that that's another thing that God is also doing. So let me ask you a question and, and, and just how, how could somebody like realize whether or not that they're, they're hanging in the wrong tribe? What are some of the, the key things to look for? Number one, are you frustrated or irritated, agitated by the people that you are around that are in your circle? Do you feel like you're banging your head against the wall when you're with the people that are in your circle? If the answer is yes to any of those things, chances are you're probably in the wrong tribe. Mm. Mm. If you feel like there's not an excitement Mm. inside of you. When you get together. When you get together with them. Mm. You know, iron sharpens iron. Right. Something makes the baby leap. Right. If the baby's not leaping, if there's not an excitement, if there's not a sharpening, if if you're not just thrilled and overjoyed to see them. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I came to your house today, besides your dog coming to greet me, (laughs) you came to greet me. Yes. We were happy to see each other. Yes. Because we haven't seen each other in months. Correct. And you can talk on the phone and that's great. And you can do instant messages and texts and all the stuff of modern technology. But that's not the same as being in somebody's presence. And when you're with somebody that you're connected to, it makes you feel a certain way. That's true. And when you don't feel that with the people that you're connected to, then you're probably connected to the wrong people. And if that's the case, you better pray and say, God, show me who's going where I'm going. Mm. Who's thinking like I'm thinking. Right. Take me out of this circle and put me in the circle that I need to be in. And you were saying that the alignment and the relationship is also what's going to birth and spring the new things. Yes. And it is. Yep. You also said that God is beginning to show the new things to certain people so that they understand it. So that when God does it on a mass scale, they're able to stand up like on the day of Pentecost and say, this is that. Right. That also comes out of that circle and out of that relationship. And so the the relationship and the alignment and those connections are extremely important as we go forward. And if we want to be in on the new things that God is doing, we've got to know our tribe. Yeah, we do. And we've got to be hooked up with them. But when we're hooked up with our tribe and we're flowing in the right circle and the right relationships, it's easy. It's fun. It's filled with joy. It's filled with peace. You are so happy. You are so fulfilled. You don't even have to work at it. Now you may be exuberant and expel a lot of energy like I do, but it's not work. It's Mm. fun. Mm. I mean, I would rather scream under the anointing mm. and, and move under a tangible anointing than anything in the world. Mm-hmm. I may be tired when I'm done, but boy, I feel good when I'm doing that's it. That's right. That's right. And that's, that's the next thing. So if you guys feel like this is, 
this is speaking to you, if, if this is really kind of, you know, resonating with you, then I think God is trying to tell you something. I think it's time for you to start looking for a different tribe. And, and, and listen, it's not to dismiss your relationships because God is about relationships. He loves relationships and he doesn't want you to be like, oh, I can never see that person again. It's not about that, but it's about what are you, what are you asking for? What are you looking for? And if you want the more of God, you have to go where the river is running. You can't sit in a pool where there is no fresh water. Because what happens in in a pool that doesn't have fresh water and it doesn't get cleaned out, you start to get bacteria and then there comes sickness. So, and and that's the whole thing is that we need to constantly look for fresh running water. We have to constantly look and say, okay, what is moving? Where is it moving? And do I want to jump in it? You know, the Holy Spirit is always moving. The Holy Spirit is alive. The Holy Spirit is full of power and full of wonders. So if you're feeling stagnant, if you're feeling that there's no more excitement in your circle, don't say goodbye completely. You can just say, I'm going to just go try something different, you know, and it's just like experimenting with food. Sometimes we have to try different types of food to see if we even like it. Sometimes it's a little taste and sometimes we get so hooked that we can never go back to not eating it again. And I feel like that's going to be what's going to happen in this, in this fresh move of God, that there is going to be such an excitement that it's almost going to overtake you. So Michael, why don't you tell us like what's coming on? What's the, I know you can talk a little bit about what's going to be coming to you in March, which I'm very excited about. Well, God is uh, transitioning me again. Mm -hmm. I I started in ministry as an evangelist and operated as an evangelist till about the year 2000 when God shifted my office and moved me into the office of the prophet. Which you went kicking and screaming. Yes. I I argued. I said no and lost. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, God won. Mm-hmm. He always does. Yes, he does. And uh, I knew that God was going to, at some point, move me again into an apostolic office. And I said, I'm not saying anything. I'm not doing anything. I said, well, my peers begin to recognize it. And my peers begin to see it. Then we'll say something about it. And so over the last, I'd say, six, eight months... Two of my big brothers began to talk to me and said they could see the apostolic mantle begin to be forming. My parents began to talk about it and see it. Uh, My local pastor, he began to see it. In fact, I got done teaching one night about two, three months ago. And he said, bro, when you got done, there was a puddle of apostle on the floor Mm. underneath you. I've never seen you like this before. I had a prophetess come up to me one night after preaching a, uh, an anniversary service, and she said, Prophet Michael, you didn't sound like a prophet tonight. Mm. You sounded like an apostle. And this was about three, four months ago. So God's been doing it. And next month, I will be officially commissioned as an apostle, and my office is changing again. That is awesome. Well, if, if anybody would like to find out more information, will you go ahead and just give us your website? The website is uh, www.propheticdestinyministriesintl.org. So you guys can check out Prophet, soon-to-be-apostle. <laughs> 
<laughs> Michael Fram at uh, Prophetic Destinies Ministries International. You guys, um, if you haven't seen some of his stuff on Spreaker, uh, listen to some of his stuff on Spreaker, you, you definitely need to definitely check out his webpage beca- or website because you can get his blogs, you can get what he's been writing, what he's been saying, because the Lord speaks to to Michael. He definitely speaks to him in, in such a powerful way that sometimes I get off and I'm like, whoa, I need to call him now because it was such a such a now word. So I just want to thank you so much for, for coming on Touch by Prayer. I think that that this word was so important because I think a lot of people are picking up on this shifting of, of like uh, relationships. So I hope that this has, has blessed you. And I, I just wish you so much luck and I'll, I'll be at your, what it, is it called? An ordination? Commissioning. Commissioning. I will be at the great commissioning of prophet Michael Fromm turning into apostle, pro, uh, apostle Michael Fromm. <laughs> Fram. And uh, we just want to thank you and wish you all the, the best and, um, Definitely check out his website because he also writes where he's going to be speaking. And if you get a chance to come to one of his services, bring a pillow because you'll probably wind up on the floor. (laughs) He likes that? You're silly. <laughs> I am silly. Well, guys, I hope that you had uh, had um, some revelation about today's um, show and today's topic. I just hope that this has blessed you. I just want to thank you guys for listening to Touch by Prayer. And just remember to go out and touch someone. Good night.